This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? Oh, screw the Drake. I love the Drake. This is Cam Bowen, voice of Tim Drake on Young Justice, and you're listening to Everyone Loves the Drake. Hi, this is James Tynan the Fourth, and I love the Drake. This is George Perez at Cincinnati Comic Expo, and everybody likes the Drake, especially the cakes. Hi, this is Mark Wolfman, and everyone loves the Drake. Hi, this is Marcus Toe, artist for Red Robin. You've been listening to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake podcast. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. The moment has come. You mean I... Yes, it's time for you to take your place. Robin. What's wrong? Are you afraid of it? No, it isn't fear. It's more... That Robin costume carries so much history. I mean, Dick made it into a symbol the whole world knows. Jason gave his life for it. Failing them, that's what worries me. I know. That costume weighs more than any symbol should. And I'd be failing you if I expected you to bear that weight. That's why I created this. What's in here? Something different. A costume for a new age. A darker age. It's redesigned. Tougher. More practical. But this black cape, I I thought yellow symbolized the brighter side. The lining is yellow. The symbols are still there, Tim. But the needs of this dark age are there, too. I don't know. What's wrong? It feels right, Bruce, but I'm not sure. I I need more time. I kept thinking it was still a long way from this. You're ready now, Tim. I thought you'd done your thinking. I thought that this was what you wanted, to be my partner. Why me? Why did you pick me? What makes me the next guy to become Robin? My choices aren't random. You've got the skills needed to do the job. Speed, agility, guts. I don't have the guts. Wearing this costume has almost given me the shakes. I'm afraid. It's not the danger of the streets that scares me. I'm scared of letting you down. I'd rather walk away from this now than let you see you made the wrong choice. I don't need someone who jumps in without considering the consequences. That's not what I'm looking for. This job takes more brains than anything else. You have that. You proved it by figuring out that I'm the Batman. But you don't need a computer hacker to sit here and work up crime statistics and police records. You need someone to watch your back out on the streets. You can be all that, Tim. You just need the edge. And I know just where you can find it. Stop. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves a Drake comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers, and welcome to episode 130. Emphasize 30. Uh, see, I've been away from podcasting so long, I sound like an idiot. But this show is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. We're also associated with Batman on Films Podcast Network at BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. You can get a hold of us on all the social media outlets. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Everyone Loves a Drake. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. We have an Instagram page, and you can check us out on YouTube. Just search Robin Everyone Loves Drake Podcast. That is where Terrence is helming the YouTube channel. Speaking of Terrence, we've got Terrence on the mic tonight. Terrence, how you doing, sir? It's been a while. Yeah, it's good to be back. I've been all over. I've even been to Ohio, where you know, there were two of us in Ohio. <laughs> right. So, And uh, the highlight of my trip was going to the superhero creamery in somewhere in Kentucky. I don't even Ooh. remember the name. There's a I put a, a video up on the YouTube channel and all of the flavors it, it's a comic book store slash pottery store slash collectible store slash yogurt and <laughs> I, frozen yogurt and uh, ice cream store. It was the coolest place and all of the flavors are have like a comic book inspired name like black cherry canary and stuff like I, I that wasn't one of them. I, I can't remember what they were. Like it was like um Oh, I can't remember some. I in the in the video, I I, I show all of them. But my absolute favorite favorite one, they had like a little picture, a cartoon of like Two Face from the Dark Knight um, movie, but it's like cartoon styled of uh, Harvey Dent. And the, the the name of the flavor was you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become vanilla. And that oh was boy, the vanilla flavor! <laughs> and I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you got to hear him briefly there. Ryan is on as well. How you hello, doing, Ryan? Hello, I'm here. I kind of, you know, that that's a good pun, but they could vanilla all that work for vanilla. Like vanilla, it, it yeah. Have been yeah. Like like chocolate cinnamon. Like cinnamon at least rhymes with kind of rhymes with villain. Live long enough to become cinnamon. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. there's something else. There's something else that they could have done there. We need to that's write funny. them a letter. I, I was thinking it would have been like half and half, like chocolate <laughs> <laughs> swirl. Yeah, well, I didn't like, know. I didn't know if it was like vanilla. Yeah, kind of sounds could like, like a villain, the villain vanilla, or if it was supposed to be just vanilla is just bland and plain, and you just you become boring. I didn't know, but I just I like I enjoyed the reference. So we had it. We had a good time, and you got to see the Hall of Justice. Yeah, it was closed, but at least we got to see the outside of it. Boo. So yeah, and the uh, the inside of that thing is not what I the the entryway is kind of what I expected just looking at the, how the, tall the the building is which like as you're walking up to it you're like man this thing is friggin enormous even just driving up that long drive and seeing uh, I can remember is was the fountain going on while you guys were there it was not so we oh, were able yeah. to like sit in that that area and okay. take pictures and stuff and be right in the center of it which was kind of cool but it's it's like a huge museum in there they've got all kinds of stuff so i didn't realize what it was when we were first going but i think we spent two and a half almost three hours in there just checking out all the stuff they have this huge like gigantic train set down there that is for the cincinnati you know you can get like the history of cincinnati through this like little train museum that goes around in there so it's it's really cool if you get a chance and i can kind of say that I f- kind of feel like Ryan now to actually be in the same state as Terrence. But not actually still, see Sarah But Terrence. actually see, yeah. see Terrence. Well, and I, I told Rob this story <laughs> off, off mic. So we were having dinner as a family, and we're talking about going to Ohio. And, you know, even though we're, we'd be in Cincinnati. Said, Let's Rob's make up. sure not to visit Rob. <laughs> yeah. Family decision. We're Rob's up by Toledo, right? So yeah. how far is Cincinnati for you? It's probably about three uh, it's hours. It's about or three uh, three hours. Yeah, yeah. If, if if we move with purpose, we can. I've done it in two hours and forty five minutes, but that's like zero traffic issues. Yeah. So Danielle, who's fifteen, my daughter Danielle, she she goes, uh, oh Ohio. It's like, are we going to see Rob? And I was like, no, you know, because even though we're in the same state, it's not like he's right. There, it's it's still a little far away. You're just like, you like, know how we don't see Ryan? We'll do the same thing. For real. Well, that's, that came up. So he so it goes, uh, so I go, and I'm like, oh, we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing like family stuff though. And my daughter's like, but Rob's family. And I was like, Aww. family, 
here, so I'm not going to. You know how we don't see go... family here? We're not going to yeah. see. <laughs> We're going to do the exact yeah. same way. You know I'm how like, we don't We're... see Uncle Ron? Well, Rob's the same way. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, uh, I was like, um, oh, well, it's just too far. And, you know, and my wife was like, oh, please. The other guy on the podcast lives 45 minutes away. You've never even seen him. So I was like, oh, <laughs> touche. Yeah. It's funny to hear you go. You're like, well, Rob's still, you know, about three hours away, comma. But we drove 14 hours, yeah. so the least Rob could do is drive three. <laughs> <laughs> to, to see it, to see a hippo, but it was worth right. it. That she was pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great zoo, by the way. If yep. you're out there wanting to see a really cool zoo, uh, the Cincinnati Zoo is a great zoo. That was something that we did once we first got married. We started hitting a lot of the zoos in like the tri-state area, and I think we both have said like Cleveland is okay, but once you see Cincinnati, it's like all right. Do that one. But so since it's been, this is kind of like our kind of sort of spring break. We've taken a month off and that's been kind of nice to recharge the batteries. But in doing that, I think all three of us were like, oh, crap, I got to I got to read a bunch of stuff. We got to get this thing going again. And I don't know how I didn't I missed it in January. I'm just going to blame it on COVID and the world and all that stuff. But a milestone had kind of come. I don't know if it got a whole lot of attention on Twitter and stuff. I'm sure it probably did somewhere. But we've already celebrated, not we, but the 30th anniversary for the original Robin miniseries, Robin 1, if you're going by Roman numerals, was back in January of uh, 1991. And when Terrence had sent the message to uh, Ryan and I, I had forgotten that the very first issue of Robin 2, Joker's Wild, actually was released in 1991 in December. Now, the rest of the issues went on into uh, you know, 1992, but I, I don't know if I had checked that out of my, my memory or whatever, but the 30th anniversary for both of those issues is, I guess you say, currently going on. Technically, we haven't got there for December yet, so I thought this would be kind of a fun way, like Terrence was kind of a part of the discussion for Robin one. I think you were there for the first episode. I do have some stats here. I can kind of, if you're new to the podcast and give you some information on the show that episode 13, part one was released July 25th, 2014. That just sounds so weird to say, you know, how we're in 2021. Terrence was on that episode. I remember when I got this issue, like I remember going to the comic book store and seeing the poster the, the, of the cover and not really liking it, like thinking it was kind of off. Then when I read the issue, I didn't really like it. And then now that I've reread it recently, I, I kind of remember how much I didn't like this issue. And I don't know if you're going to get mad at me for not liking this or you loved it and we have some point counterpoint, but, but on the cover, I just... The cover bothers me. Even now, looking at it, I just feel like they've got the spirit and the the essence of Tim Drake all wrong in this. Now, episode 13, if I said 14, episode 14 was part two, released on August 13th, 2014. Episode 15, part three for Robin 1 and Batman 465 was released August 27th of 2014. And Terrence concluded that one with me. I, I love this story. This is like classic Alan Grant. I read a lot of Alan Grant Batman uh, comics in the, the 90s, and, and I lo always loved his writing. And, and what I've heard about him in um, interviews and other people is that he did not really follow Batman comics. He did not really know what was going on in Batman comics in the 70s and stuff. So instead of pulling a lot of characters that have been around, he just created his own he, created guys like Anarchy and the Ventriloquist. Going just a couple episodes in to cover Joker 2, that was episode 18 and 19, and those episodes were released on November 19th, 2014, and December 19th, 2014, and that was the episode, since it was Christmas time featuring the Joker, I made it seem like the Joker was taking over Twitter and the show notes and all that stuff, and I had spray-painted the artwork, so it says, Joker, everyone hates the Drake and all that type of stuff, so I think it's a really good idea that Terrence had to kind of revisit and celebrate the 30th anniversary of these, I think you can say it, these landmark issues for, it really showed how 
people really gravitated towards the new Robin and Robin as a whole, where DC had kind of done like solo Robin adventures with Dick Grayson, but it was usually tied into detective or it's just kind of mind blowing that there was never a Robin solo book. So it wouldn't be for, you know, 50 some years until DC was like, all right, we'll do this mini series. We'll see how it goes. And I don't think they'd, not that they didn't have faith about it, but they weren't printing as much as they thought, like, well, if this kind of doesn't land well, at least we're not going to be sitting on a bunch of issues. And this thing just went through the roof for Robin number uh, number one. So I kind of just wanted to talk about the issues with you guys and even just more story-wise since, you know, Ryan, you weren't part of the show back mm-hmm. then to really kind of give, you know, what your thoughts of the issues were, even though I know you weren't reading them back then, but for the time that you got to read them and it's cool that all three of us have robin number one signed by chuck dixon to to us that i look at it it's it's on my wall Uh, i don't i don't i sold mine on ebay like six months ago i bought it so (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding i did not sell that was very nice of you to get that rob and send that to us i I appreciate that i forget that that's a thing that that I got that and and then every time I look in my long box of like Robin issues that's right there at the front I'm like oh yeah sweet I got Robin one signed by Ch- oh yeah that's awesome <laughs> so uh, maybe let's start with uh, you Ryan just your well thoughts. I got a question first too yeah, for Ryan too, for on this so 1991 all right I was born in 1974 but I was born in November so my uh, my birthday is, my my age is later in the year mm-hmm. so for most of the year I was 16. And then the last two months, I turned you know seventeen yeah. um, in November and December. So I was mostly sixteen. But how old were you, Ryan, in ninety one? In ninety one, really yeah, yeah. ninety one. Yeah, in ninety one, I was I was three. At my birthday okay. is also, yeah, 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 yeah my birthday is also yeah. in November. So like I was three for you know most of the year, ten months out of the year. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of recollections of actually going to the store and buying all this and stuff. And I'm thinking, I was wondering if Ryan was even born or, yeah, or was, was too young to remember. Too young. Yeah, too. the the youngest. I remember well I you know going to the comic store and looking at comics on the wall it was like it was that glorious weird mishmash time I would go when I would go to the stores like that 93 94 nightfall era right I remember being mm-hmm. in the comic store seeing Batman 500 as it was first released it was a big rack wall full of the foil you know covers of Batman 500 and there were tons of action figures of the Batman the Animated Series. I vividly mm. remember like all that being in the store around the same time. You know, like the big parachute, like Batman. Oh yeah, that has, that's in the in the orange suit. Orange suit, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember seeing that, and I think that might have been one of the deluxe <laughs> figures, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember yep. just being like, "That one's the deluxe one. I gotta get that one." And Batman five hundred. Oh, so much, oh, what what a glorious time to be a you know like a five year old or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> what a great time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah, and I so was... I always knew Tim Drake was Robin at the time. I knew that. I knew mm-hmm. Dick, you know, Batman Bruce Wayne, Robin, you know, Dick Grayson. But I knew in the comics, I knew Bruce Wayne was Batman. Azrael was now Batman. Tim Drake is now Robin. I knew that. I knew the base character set up at the time for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm with you, Terrence, born in the same year, but my birthday's in February. I remember being at the comic book shop and thinking that there was going to be this massive massive line like i, I want to be the first one there i was the first one there i was the only one there like the guy <laughs> opened the open the door was like do you think there was going to be a rush i was like yeah Ro- robin number one's out he's like we've we've got plenty you know hold your <laughs> hold, hold your britches and then like terrence and i were talking off mic like this thing just exploded it got a second print a f- or you know a first print a third print oh like, you this mean thing- for for the for the Main series for or the, for the miniseries? Mi- miniseries, yeah, okay. the miniseries, yeah. See, I had the exact opposite because I was going to the comic book store um, every Thursday or Friday because everyone talks about Wednesday comics, but where I grew up, it was always Thursday. I think Thursday. Wednesday they got them, but Thursday yeah. was when you could actually go in and, and pick up your books. And 
like to take everybody back a little bit, 1991, the beginning of 1991, comics was very different than the end of 1991. And like mm-hmm. in the beginning of 1991, the hot books were Todd McFarlane on on Spider Man that was selling Gangbusters. That I was looking at the comic sales. That's like the number one selling book for like the first six months of 1991. And then Jim Lee was on X Men, and then uh, Rob Liefeld was on X Force, and Later in the year, X-Men number one came out and became the largest selling book of all time. But like the beginning of 91, it hadn't got too crazy yet with like a million variants and hologram covers. And then in the end of 91, it was like full on like (laughs) Robin 2. We'll talk about like craziness with. And then by the end of 91, those guys left to form Image Comics. And then 92 starts Image. So it's like 91 is this like crazy year where it like started kind of normal and then went insane especially with that the x-men and i do remember going to the store that week to pick up my books and there was a line uh, to pick up books and that wasn't mm. always uh, very uncommon because the place i went to was pretty busy and they offered the best discount around so the day books came out it was always but it was like everyone was getting robin there was a poster. There were people complaining because it was sold out, and they wanted to mm-hmm. get it. And the guy was like, "Look, you didn't you didn't have this on your pull list. I gave it to the guys on the pull list first. And I do remember like going back the next week and seeing some issues of Robin One on the wall for like ten bucks or fifteen bucks. So was and that thinking, was it the was it the uh, the Batman Damned of its day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Pretty, pr- you know, yeah. other than the you know, not the, because of the art, Robin's the art. Wang, yeah, being yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but just because I didn't mean it was that. like. Yeah, it just because it, it caught the retailers, I think, off guard as yeah. to how many people. And I remember somebody writing some, I can't remember, I think it was in Wizard or something about like, it's unbelievable, like two years earlier, they the fans kill him off. Now <laughs> they, it's the number one selling book. And like the person didn't really know, like it was a different Robin guy and all that kind of stuff. But it, for me, it was really awesome to see like this character who I've been, you know, getting to know in the books and, and like, like a lot of people crap on, like Tim Burton's. So I was like, yeah, we're not putting Robin in our book. He's an idiot. And, you know, a lot of people were always like crapping on Robin that all of a sudden like, oh, man, he's got the best selling book. And he's right up there with the Marvel guys, the X-Men and the Spider-Man it was pretty awesome. But going back the next week and seeing that that book on the wall for like 10 or 15 dollars and it, stupid me, I was thinking like, oh, gee, I guess someone sold back their book. Not thinking like the guy who owns the <laughs> shop, you know, kept 30 of them in the back because, oh, no, I, I sold out. But, oh, yeah, next week there it is for 10 you know this yeah. is why people get so angry at, at comic book retailers and stuff i gosh i, I remember that poster because it was the cover of uh, robin number one where he's got like the cape up on his eye you know and you just see his eyes and batman's in the background like it was like man i can't believe it it's like this is all for robin this is this is amazing and there's then uh, like i think i bought all the printings so they have like the little roman numeral two to show that it's a a second, second printing print, and stuff yeah. but when did you kind of get or pick up robin that it was it was becoming a big hit since I guess you went and you were you were the only one there. Well, and like I said before on the show, like my and I'm doing air quotes so you can't see, it wasn't actually a real comic book shop. Ninety five percent of the store changed, was a, has it, Rob? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Erica, right. But it, it was a romance novel store. So like my grandmother went there to take her paperback romance novels. It was like a kind of consignment, like as you would have like for GameStop. Oh, you played your game, you go back in, turn the game in, and they would sell them and, you know, you get X number of credit, yada, yada. But in the back part of the shop was comics. So it wasn't like you'd go look up a comic book store. You would look up the book nook, and only if you drove by, you would see the DC bullet and the Marvel M in the window. That's only how I knew, like, hey, I, I know those two logos. So because of that, those of us that lived in town or the city would go pick up the books. It wasn't until like the following week or two where people couldn't get it at their normal comic book shop. Then people started descending on, you know, Findlay, Ohio going, hey, are there any comic book shops around? So I remember the guy there going like just a week later talking to him like, oh, how's the book selling? He's like, I've had the phone ringing off the hook. And people just calling bookstores to find out, do you sell comic books? And he's like, I've got people coming down and they're willing to spend 20 bucks for this issue. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So like, you're talking about a a comic book shop 
having a $10 wall book, the week later, this book was 20 bucks at this romance <laughs> novel store that had, mm-hmm. you know, a yep. series of comic books in the back of it. So, and then seeing like, you have know, a second printing coming out. And I remember Joe, who does my comic books still today, goes, this will never go to a third print. And here comes a third print of the book. <laughs> and it was just un it was unbelievable to go like just shift the Batman eighty nine movie. What if it was Batman ninety two or Batman ninety one? I would almost probably guarantee Robin would have been in that movie. You probably wouldn't have been to argue with Tim Burton, like, oh, Robin's silly. Somebody's going to go, uh, this is the number one book in the country. Robin is very popular. He's going to be in this movie. And I always kind of feel like that's Tim Drake. He just kind of seems to miss all of the media things going around. Like he's the star in comics, but as far as like on screen appearance, Robin just seems to kind of miss, you know, by the time Batman forever comes around, Robin's been popular, but like the tsunami for Robin, if you will, hadn't hit. So like, what were your first impressions, Ryan, of, of when you finally got a chance to read the Robin mini says like, what did you think about Robin having a book? I mean, I know your, your timeline's kind of skewed by the time you're reading comics. You're like, Oh yeah, Robin's a thing. But. Mm-hmm. And before I, I want to piggyback on too. Did you read it as floppies or did you read it in like the, the um, trade of like, I think it's called Robin triumphant or something like that. No, uh, Robin, Robin reborn. Was, Robin reborn. Is yeah, it Robin so. reborn? Oh, is that yeah. one? Okay, yeah. Robin, yeah. A, a hero reborn is the trade that came out. So I, I read this. Oh, in yeah, the flop- right. Yep, I read this in the floppies. Oh, I met Ryan. I know you read it. Oh, me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I met Ryan. Yeah, (laughs) because Ryan was three when the floppies came out. I I was just (laughs) curious. Is I know what you did, Rob. No, (laughs) I'm just just kidding. Shut up, Rob. Now I don't want to. I don't want to. Past Ryan might have said something completely different on an earlier show. So if what I'm about to say is completely wrong from what I've said previously, what I said previously is probably correct. So any 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 (laughs) quote Ryan Haas super fans out there that aren't me. Uh, can correct myself if uh, if you know the answer to this. If you're a super loyal uh, ELTD listener, but uh, on my bookshelf that I'm looking behind me, I, I have Volume Two, Robin Triumphant, which means I don't have the first volume, which means I did not read it in that. But what I do think happened is that when I became a, uh, a listener of ELTD, what I started, what I did was I just listened to the show and I read everything that I hadn't read along with the show as I was listening to the episodes. Mm, that sounds and, familiar. And I think I did own the the hard copies of the Robin miniseries back a few years prior, but I actually had never read it because... I just didn't get around to it and didn't really know the reading order of stuff, although it's, you know, it's the first one. But there are obviously a lot of issues that lead up to it, which ELTD mm-hmm. is really helpful for because even people like Rick Shoe back in the day was like, man, I need to figure out how to read Robin and Tim Drake specifically. And right around that same time was when those really nice Tim Drake trade paperbacks started to come out. So I was like, oh, yeah, just start here. And, you know, Tim Drake, volume one, Tim Drake, volume two. Right. But uh, so right around that time, I got volume two because it had... It's, I believe it starts with, um, uh, well, it might have Robin 2 and 3. It definitely has Robin 3 in it um, yeah. because that's the one that I did not own any of. Robin 2, which we'll get into a little later, I'm sure, is like uh, I remember getting tons of issues of that as a kid because we, we've, we've talked. We'll, we'll get into that here a little bit. But, like, but for Robin 1, I had the issues, but with the show, I think what I did is I went ahead and I splurged on... Uh, yeah, I like splurged on like a one of the earlier trades that had all the issues in it, because um, yeah. there was there was like, there was an older version that had just just Robin one in it, and I think I read it that way. But yeah, so but I read it and I liked it, and it helped that I had listened to the show and read the other books before it because you could just read it as a one-off thing, but having a, all the other context obviously helps as you go into it. Yeah, this first trade's got a. I think I might have read this on the show somewhere before, but it's got a lovely forward from Chuck Dixon dated April 11th, 1991, Lancaster, PA. Yeah, this was. I couldn't believe that this was actually a thing, you know, to think that, you know, like we, Terrence and I had said way back when in 2014, that this book didn't rely on Batman being there. It's. 
like you picked up from the previous Batman issue of Meet the New Robin, and you got like one page of Batman saying, all right, you're going to go off and you're going to go train, and then you don't get a single Batman the entire book. And that was really kind of cool being a Robin fan going, this this really is a solo Robin book. And I, I don't know if you felt this way, Terrence, but I remember reading it going, okay, when's Batman going to show up? Like Robin's going up against King Snake and Robin's probably not going to be strong enough to beat King Snake and Batman's going to have to come in and save the day. And, you know, spoilers, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you already know that, that that doesn't happen. Batman doesn't have to come in and save the day and go, okay, Robin's not as strong. Like Dixon really put time in to crafting this character that Denny O'Neill and Marv Wolfman had helped start that Dixon really comes into a a pretty well-rounded character already. And then Dixon just like turned it up to 10 and really elevated Tim to be, I mean, in sales numbers speak to a force to be reckoned with not only in DC, but as a greater part of the Batman universe where this just isn't the G golly, you know, Burt Ward Robin. This is a Robin that if he got a chance to go up and get the Joker, he probably wouldn't take a crowbar to the head. You know, this would be a Robin that's going to be able to hold his own. You would think, and little did we know we were going to get that, you know, some 11 months later. But uh, what were your thoughts, Terrence, when you were, as you were reading this and maybe some standout moments of the, uh, of the story that maybe still stick with you? Yeah, and in classic Terrence fashion, I'm going to completely <laughs> avoid your hey, question and give question. you more question. information because <laughs> I was, yeah, I was looking through it. I think I there was at least three printings of Robin One Issue One. There may have been more. I remember the feeling bad for the people who got the second and third printing because the first printing comes with the free poster and yeah. it says right under the yeah. N in Robin free poster inside. But the second and third printings don't have the poster, and instead there's like a like an explosion bubble that says the adventure begins, and then the Comic Code Authority yeah. uh, little thing there. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that was trying to like I I don't know what it was why they had to put like a little explosion thing there to answer your question. I didn't you know I was 16 when I read it, so it's kind of hard to know 100 percent 30 years ago what exactly. God only knows what thoughts were going through my 16 year old brain about other things. <laughs> I think because I think I kind of remember that because it's in Paris or in the Eiffel Tower and everything. I think I thought it was more of this is going to be a how Robin gets trained story mm-hmm. and that because they weren't in mm-hmm. Gotham and Batman wasn't, you know, maybe well, he's you on know, the cover. three buildings away. Yeah. He's on the cover, but he yeah. was on the cover of every DC book <laughs> in 1991. Like they, they put Batman would literally, I I've got books where like literally Batman's on the cover of a book and he's in like one panel of the book, well, yeah. like, or he's just mentioned, you know, like he, he's, he was, he's on the he cover was, of Superman. It's the Superman. The house yeah. Batman yeah. built. Sorry, yeah. that's true. Wonder Woman issue 125. Hey, Batman's on the front cover. That's hot. <laughs> Everything. And if there was a new book coming out at this time, you knew that within the first five or six stories, there'd be a Batman team up or a Batman cross. There, it was just he was the he was and still is the money maker for DC. But yeah, I think because it was in Paris and Batman was pulled out, I wasn't thinking. Batman was going to show up. In fact, I was kind of thinking like he's he's kind of on his own out here. He's going to have to deal with this stuff on, on his own. And I'm trying to remember. I'm, I know I should know this one, but who was his Carl or Hank? Who was the guy, the African-American that he was with? It was kind of his partner. His his family had been killed by King Snake. Um, I really dug that character. I can help you, Clyde. I've got the resources, and you've already seen my talent for detective work. And what's your end? Teach me what you know. Help me with my street smarts. Superhero in training? Gonna whip the world, kid? That was the general idea. My martial arts training got kind of sidetracked. I'll teach you how to fight. Yeah, because he, like, because, tra- you know, re- revisiting this story for this show, like, he he because tra- I was like oh yeah I forgot about this character he's cool he, he gets a cool backstory he train he's Tim gets like three different like training perspectives in the story and then I was like man why don't we see him later on like in the series he's just a cool character and then I'm like oh yeah because he like dies <laughs> Clyde 
Clyde Rollins is his name. There you go. And that was uh, going back to the you know the original episode that we released as having those wonderful audio dramas for a while that was was really kind of cool and getting to hear you know that stuff which you know finding that years later and then I always kept finding ways to revisit the story and you would have like the ghost dragons and uh, King Snake and uh, the bats and oh Lady Shiva being in this and you know that is where Tim gets his uh, staff from and I remember I think you and I Terrence were talking about you know Tim purposely picking a a weapon that's for defense and not and not like nunchucks or you know throwing mm-hmm. stars and stuff like that that Lady Shiva kind of berates Tim like oh you're much like your teacher and Tim's like if I'm going to pick a weapon I'm going to pick something that's you know he can keep people at reach and I always thought that was really cool that you know Tim used maybe some of his inexperience as a fighter and rather than be an offensive fighter like Batman can be be a little more defensive and keep the criminals at bay I always thought that was really cool and the the bow staff would fold up and go underneath his cape and uh, you know yeah. just I mean just yeah the iconic thing a lot of iconic things about Tim Drake's Robin but then as we've seen get um, used in other Robins are in this get established in this book like like the boast half you know like that's such an iconic Robin thing across the board yeah I don't think I was conscious of this term back in 1991 but I definitely remember reading this thinking in terms of like world building like they yeah. were building a supporting cast building a world for Robin and probably a lot of that was that's how a lot of books would always start you know if you read you know Booster Gold number one you're like okay well this is going to be his buddy and this is going to be his nemesis and this is going to be his neighbor and this is going to be his love interest and this is the comic relief and so I I know I was looking at that a little bit towards Robin of like okay oh King Snake he's going to be his his bat, his villain his Joker and all you know Lady Shiva's his that person who's like are they a good guy but are they a bad guy but I don't know and they you know anti-hero kind of thing so I think I I might have even thought like oh are they going to move Robin to, to is a dumb idea, but are they going to move Robin to Paris? Like is comics he have be done there crazier for, things. I mean, they yeah, really yeah. Did. that was Batman. You know, uh, in, you know, incorporated and Nightwing moving to you know Bloodhaven and stuff. Yeah. So you know, they've they've done stuff like that. Where you know is he going to be more of a solo character? And I remember too when we talked to Chuck Dixon how he said that DC actually wanted to, this to be an ongoing series, and he felt that he didn't have enough material or, or gravitas or what I forget exactly what Chuck Dixon said. This is probably where Rob will insert that clip and Rob is like, damn you for mentioning this. Now I gotta go <laughs> listen to two and a half hours of a Chuck Dixon interview Son to find off. 30 seconds. The second part of the question, as the Robin miniseries kind of goes by, I know like for the three of us, as kind of they were coming out going, oh, it'd be great to see a Robin, you know, full-blown series. Mm-hmm. Was it always like, let's see how Robin 1 does, and then because of its popularity, Robin 2 happens? Was the idea of a series kind of in the works, or was it like, wow, these three have done so well that the Robin series is, is inevitable? Well, I, I, I mean, I think they're, they're – initially they told me that the first Robin miniseries, I said, do you have any idea of what are your expectations in sales? And they said that they thought it would, you know, um, they had done something with Catwoman previously, and they thought it would sell at least as well as that. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it, it, it ended up selling ten times what that sold. So they were immediately <laughs> talking about a, a monthly. And, and I kept saying, well, let's try another miniseries, you know, and the second miniseries was even more popular. Then they really started bearing down on me. Let's do a Robin miniseries. And I was the one that kept stalling it. I said, <laughs> we really wow. don't have it set up for a miniseries. He doesn't have his own supporting cast. You know, we would have we would be burdened in the first issues of the monthly, you know, building this world for him. Let's do one more miniseries to build a world for him. And that's what we did. And, and in the third miniseries, you know, there's a lot about Ariana mm-hmm. and Hudson, you know, all of his other pals. So we set up his his life as Tim Drake a little bit more than we had previously. And then I was comfortable starting a miniseries. And then, of course, or a monthly. And then when the monthly starts, of course, it's perfect. He's being kicked out of the back and cave by, by Azrael. <laughs> so, so that was the yeah. absolutely perfect lead-in. So, you know, I'm glad I delayed um, the start of it so that it didn't just seem like a contrivance. You know, the Robin 
ongoing grows out of, you know, the larger arc of Nightfall and Night Quest and all the rest of it. Yeah, those were yeah. awesome. But do you remember him saying something like that? Like he he was the one who said, "Let's do this as a mini series because I don't know if I can do it." And then he does two hundred darn issues of uh, Tim Drake stories. But well, yeah, yeah, didn't that come up a lot where it was like he was kind of Dixon was kind of shocked at the leeway he was given with it being new because wasn't the, this is the other yeah. thing like wasn't this like the first major DC work Dixon did? This is like yeah. before his detective run and stuff, isn't it? Right. And he I was like, "Why are you letting me write this?" Uh, I think he he was he was telling us, <laughs> and then they were like, "Let's make it a, ongoing." He was like, "Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this." <laughs> yeah. I think that was kind of a selling point. Like he wanted to be able to do detective, and Denny was really pushing for, for Batman. Robin. Like, all right, I'll give you detective, but we want to kind of flush this character out. And I think even in the podcast, if you go back to it, I don't know if I was totally on board with Chuck Dixon. At the time, even when we were reviewing it for the show, like Robin didn't quite seem for what we had read previously than getting into this book. He seemed a little different. And by the time you get to Robin, too, like all of a sudden that Robin makes complete sense. And then this book feels a lot more fresh again. So I think like, oh, I got used to Marv Wolfman writing the character. And this is what I liked that we were seeing the infancy of Chuck building this world for him i think the character was astro boy or something like that that he had written for another comic book company and kind of took some of those ideas and kind of broke them down and like okay if i if i got to do this robin character let's do it like this and then like terrence said he goes on to write you know a hundred issues of robin plus you know three miniseries for the character so the art the art team too because it's tom Lyle. oh yeah I don't think he was doing any, and he just recently passed away. And he was a really mm. nice guy because he he had uh, yeah. I had talked to him on Facebook a couple times, and one time I posted I think it was the cover of Robin One, and I said like oh awesome Tom Lyle cover or something, and he wrote me back and he's like uh, no that's actually Brian Bolin I did the interior <laughs> yeah. and I was like oh I'm so sorry and he's like no it's okay like he was really and he I think he died like really suddenly like a brain aneurysm or, yeah. or something <laughs> like that where it was just unexpected uh, but he was he was a really super awesome guy interacting on social media with me personally and and I would read the stuff he put for his other uh, fans so was you know Norm Brayfogle who was also such a huge uh influence on this book you're talking about tom lyle i've got a poster i know i've i've shared it a couple times and i'll share it for this episode two of robin in the sewer holding his bow staff out in front of him which i think was actually a poster that came out for robin two. but uh for the longest time in my eyes tom lyle could do no wrong he was just one of my favorite artists and it was because of of robin number one that just the way he drew uh, the character just seemed he made the characters seem relatable like with chuck's words and uh tom's artwork was just like you can totally believe in the action that's going on and the facial expressions when tim is crying and or yeah, being yeah, yeah. being upset it's just really cool i'm looking at one of the pages now when he's sparring with his friend and lady shiva's kind of watching and and mocking him he's got like tears streaming down the eyes you can kind of see that that ang- angst is a wrong word like he he knows he's failing at this moment and is kind of getting a, a huge crash course and what it takes to be a hero and tom was able to really articulate all of that in just his line artwork and it's just still flawless even just i'm thumbing through the original trade here and just kind of marveling at the lyle's work yeah and i'm looking back to what we're talking about with chuck dixon i'm looking at his um bibliography here on wikipedia and it this does appear to be his first dc work and for marvel he had he'd been writing moon knight so it was called mark specter moon knight from 1989 to 92 he was doing a lot of work on the punisher and the nom which was a a war comic about vietnam Mm -hmm. uh which was known for being like really brutal and and violent and like pretty graphic at the time uh and there was actually a crossover that had the punisher in nam so like he's not the guy you would think of of like oh yeah oh and uh savage sword of conan it looks like he was writing since 85 so yeah he he may not be that guy of like yeah like why here oh here's a teenager who who doesn't kill yeah let's get the guy from the punisher to do it like it but hey, <laughs> hey he it was uh it was gold Danny O'Neill was a genius 
Yeah, and so, the other thing too is like those, those Brian Ballin covers are really nice. And yeah, and um, I kind of think that maybe that was, you think that was like a DC editorial thing. Like, oh, Ballin's the hot art cover guy. Like, we just had him do you know the Killing Joke, that's super popular, and Robin miniseries number one. Like, it was probably like a no brainer thing too, right? To like get him, yeah, to do all oh the yeah. yeah, covers for a series like this that really wanted to you know make a splash with it and yeah i love the cover the first cover with you know we're talking about he's got the cape pulled up on his face but a cover i really like is issue three where he's on the sidecar of the motorcycle with the slingshot and that was you know another thing that uh, dixon added to tim's repertoire is the uh slingshot for robin so i, I right. always, always really looking that for that cover. slingshot to come back <laughs> the slingshot yeah. and the r from the chest becoming a yep. robin ring yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, and I remember talking to you, Rob, when we recorded originally how different the uh, what? Oh gosh, you know it, Rob. What's the page? Uh, what uh, what issue of Batman does um, Robin get the uh, new costume? I know it's got the scarecrow on the cover. Is that four fifty two? Yeah, was, there, you, was it four fifty two? I believe so. Oh wow, I got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got you got me something. I got too many too many issues yeah, going through. Yeah. I can look real quick. Uh even a stop clock is right twice a day. Um four fifty two, <laughs> let me type it in and see. Uh maybe I'm not. I think I'm way off. no, that's way off. That's like a dark night, dark city thing. Yeah, well, no, whatever it's it is. Not. You know it you know is what? it is Batman four fifty seven. Oh, I was I was not too too off five off yeah. all right four fifty seven that last page where he's like say hello to the new Robin and he's got his fist up and then the miniseries page one like is immediately taking place right after that like it's like within that second and in the last page of four fifty seven he's like say hello to the new Robin and in the first page he's like I don't know if I can do this <laughs> like it's it's <laughs> yeah. such a quick turnaround that if you them <laughs> back to back you're like what wait what happened here so yeah I'm the new Robin oh crap what <laughs> yeah but a lot of people may have been reading the Robin series and not reading the Batman series mm-hmm. you know so they they didn't notice just geeks like me notice you know <laughs> Okay, uh, look, if you want to just keep doing the same old thing, then maybe this idea is not for you. I, for one, am not going to compromise my artistic integrity. And I'll tell you something else. This is the show, and we're not going to change it. Right? (laughs) How about this? Well, I think what George was trying to tell us, this is the end of the show. So this is going to end part one. We originally were going to do this as part one, part two. But since we've kind of let a month, almost two go by, we're going to bank a second episode out of this. So we'll go into part two of essentially the 30th anniversary of these two books and the second book being, of course, you know, if you know your timeline for Tim Drake, the second book would be Robin to the Joker's wad, which we've already covered on the show. But again, I tip the hat to Terrence. This was a great idea that both of these books are celebrating their 30th anniversaries this year. And it was a way to have Terrence and Ryan be able to give both of their feedback on these two issues because Terrence was only on for just a sporadic couple issues and Ryan was not part of the show when I originally covered these books. So come back in two weeks and we'll cover part two, which will be Robin to the Joker's Wild with Terrence, Ryan and myself continuing our conversation and celebrating the 30th anniversary of these two books. So on behalf of Terrence, Ryan and myself, I'm Rob. You've been listening to the BatmanUniverse.net. You're home for all things Batman and, of course, Robin. But more importantly, you've been listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the Batman 
Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media, also over at our host, TBU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's what you get.